missed the first meeting, so that will give you an opportunity to function as members of the body and as priests to share with them, uh, especially the opening word uh, to this conference, which may occupy, oh, one-third of the message time. Uh, we'll just have to see. But we need to have a certain view related to the general subject. And I'd like to take whatever time we need to sketch this in. For the last several months, starting in March, I've been burdened to minister along this line of the relationship between the economy of God, the body of Christ, and the consummation of the age. The expression, the consummation of the age, refers specifically to the last three and a half years of what we call this present age, the age of the church. Something needs to happen to fulfill God's economy in this age. When this thing happens, which is the building up of the body of Christ, in the local churches. Several other things will happen in very quick succession. And the earth will experience the most radical change it has ever undergone as far as humankind is concerned. In brief, in this age, God's goal is to build up the body of Christ as the organism in which and through which the triune God lives and moves. The Lord prophesied this when he said, I will build my church. As we sang and as the brothers spoke, we're victorious in the body. Satan trembles at the body. When the Lord is able to build up the body through the overcomers in the churches, that body, which is also the new man, will be a real fulfillment of Genesis 1.26, image and dominion. The building up of the body, now we're entering into the items of quick succession. The building up of the body is the preparation of the bride. What comes out of Christ, and we'll develop this in other messages, is the body. What's presented to Christ at his coming is his bride. It's the same entity with the same constituents. But from one angle, it's the body. However, the Lord is coming back not for the body, but for the bride. He's coming back not as the head, but as the bridegroom. 
So immediately upon the rapture of the overcomers, the bride will be presented to the bridegroom. Oh, what an hour sweet when bride and bridegroom meet. I don't want to miss that. And the bride, and we'll have a message on this, is for the Lord's satisfaction. And while the Lord and the bride are enjoying the beginnings of the wedding feast, the great tribulation will have begun on the earth. And near the end of that tribulation period, Israel will be in a defenseless and hopeless situation. The Israeli defense force will not be able to protect that nation any longer. And Antichrist and his armies and the armies of other nations will gather near Jerusalem. The intention will be to fight directly against God and Christ and to annihilate Israel. To solve this problem, the Lord must have an army. And he will come, not alone, and not with the bride as the bride, but with the bridal army. The body is for the Lord's move. The bride is for the Lord's satisfaction. The army is to deal with the problem of the enemy and his armies. Following the army, there must be another development. God has two basic problems to solve on the earth. The first problem is the old creation. And that problem was solved through the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. The other great problem, and this is in the life study of Daniel, if you need a, a reference, is human government. And here I would bring in the thought, human government and the manifestation of the kingdom of God cannot coexist. Human government and the reality of the kingdom of God in the believers does coexist. But when the kingdom is about to be manifest, human government cannot remain. Human government rebels against God, it exalts man, it worships idols. It was necessary to be established to maintain order on the earth so God's chosen can fulfill his purpose. But actually, human government defies God. So the Lord, when he comes with the kingdom, must deal with, let's be more direct, annihilate human government. And the instrument by which he will do this is the stone. And I've been waiting for months to release this in Europe. 
Because the stone, when it strikes, will hit a very particular target. Ten toes. Ten toes of the great image. The ten nations and their kings of the revived Roman Empire. And those ten toes will not be in Africa, they will not be in China, they will not be in the U.S., they will not be in South America, they will be in Europe somewhere. If you think that your country will be exempt from the ten toes, I'm not here to argue uh, what countries will be. But according to prophecy, according to the presentation of the interpreted word we have received, the last stage of human government will be ten toes as a mixture of iron and clay, a mixture of authoritarianism and democracy. And when Christ comes as the corporate smiting stone, he will hit the toes. That's why this is so crucial. That's why Europe is so crucial. Before the ten toes are manifested, the Lord must have the body, the bride, and the army. According to Daniel chapter 2, a stone will come cut without hands and smash the image starting at the toes. This stone, of course, is Christ. But other scriptures clearly reveal that Christ will not come alone. There is a powerful verse I'm eager to consider with you. I think it will be, it may be this afternoon, from Joel chapter 3. It speaks of the armies being gathered at Armageddon. And then the prophet declares, There cause your mighty ones to descend, O Jehovah. So when the Lord comes back, the stone will actually be corporate. The corporate Christ, as the corporate smiting stone, will strike the toes. Human government will collapse. It will be annihilated all over the earth. I have become over the years apolitical in my soul. My allegiance is to the kingdom of God. And I am a proper citizen of the country I live in. But I'm not a nationalist and I'm not a politico. I am for the kingdom of God and against everything that opposes it. Amen. So I am prepared for the government of my country to be included in the collapse of this. We're not talking a dream here. This is going to happen. Where have you seen a revolution like this? Where has human history ever experienced an event like this? It's unprecedented. Then this stone doesn't remain a stone. But according to Daniel 2, it becomes a great mountain Amen. filling the whole earth. Amen. Including Ireland. Amen. 
including the UK, France, Italy, Germany, Greece. And this great mountain is the kingdom of God. Christ with his overcomers will be the ruling entity over the earth. Now, this is actually going to happen. This is not a work of fiction. This is not an old wives tale. This is the word of God. We have five corporate entities. The body, the bride, the army, the stone, and the mountain. The mountain is the kingdom of God manifested on the earth. The Lord is eagerly desirous to end this age and to turn it to another age, the age of the mountain, the age of the kingdom. He told us to pray for this. He taught us to live in this. We were born again for this. The church life is the practice of this. The kingdom of God. Actually the function of the church is to bring in the kingdom of God. Now, with this sketch in view, and I'll repeat it and we'll go into the details. We need to consider this expression, the consummation of the age. According to Ephesians 3.11, God has an eternal purpose. It was formed in eternity past. It will be accomplished in time. And the result will remain for eternity in the future. From eternity to eternity. God has ordained in his administration that for the carrying out of his purpose there will be different ages or dispensations periods of time the boundaries of which are measured by God God is the Lord not only of space but of time there was an age from Adam to Moses during that age God produced something for his expression then with the covenant enacted through Moses another age began the age of the law and the law became the principle of God's dealing with his people then when the Lord Jesus came there was a very radical change of the age. And very few could make the turn. The Lord sent John the Baptist to prepare the way. And the mandate was you must be baptized for the sake of righteousness. 
God commands everyone to be baptized in preparation for the coming of the Christ. Then when the Lord came, another age began that has three main designations. It's the age of grace, and it is the age of the church, and according to Revelation 10.7, it is also the age of mystery. When this age will end, I don't know. But one thing I do know, we're a lot closer to the end than we are to the beginning. Amen. And we have to believe we're really getting close Amen. to the end. Amen. And maybe brothers my age will finish our course before the end of the age. But I consider it very likely that many of the younger ones in this lecture hall will be on the earth pursuing the Lord in the church life when this age ends. Now here's what the Lord needs. He needs some people who want the age to end. Who want the age to turn. Who want the Lord to come back. Who want the kingdom to come. Amen. And you may say, you know, Brother Ron Kangas, you're, you're not young. We can say you lived. We haven't lived yet. So we would like the age to come after we've lived, after we get married, after we have a family. Then it's after we become grandchildren. Then it's after your grandchildren graduate from college. This is our human situation. We'd like the Lord to come back, but not now. Just give me time to live. I want to have lived. Well, when the age ends and the Lord come, comes back, there will be young people on the earth. And they'll have the choice. Okay. Go on living on the earth for the next three and a half years. When the Lord decides to make a dispensational change, he doesn't conduct a poll. How many are in favor of the changing of the age? Even when the Lord was asked in Acts 1, He said, the Father has determined this. God the Father has determined this. I really long that all the saints and all the churches would wake up to realize we are under God's administration of space and time. We were born in this age of grace, the age of the church. And I'll give you the other designation before too long. If I forget, raise your hand and say, Ron, you forgot the third one. 
And I think I'll remember at that time what the third one is. But I think I have it in me. But how long this age will go on is not up to us. We say we're for Christ and the church, we're for God's economy, we're for God's purpose. We're for God's eternal purpose. And on a, in a very practical sense, that's true. But we know from the case of Demas, someone can love the present age. And there the age is the age of the world system. When it comes down to it, a worker with Paul loved this age. So he forsook it. To love the Lord is marvelous. We cannot love him enough. But we also need to love the Lord's appearing. They're not the same. And I illustrate this way. Uh, the trainees are coming. They're not here. It would be good for them to back up this word. But you can grasp the concept. The training has begun in Anaheim. And the trainees are under authority. So they're under regulation. Including their days off. And there's some amount of freedom, what to do on Monday, but it's not absolute freedom. And they're not allowed to go to movies. So let's suppose it's Monday afternoon at 3.30. And I, your brother Ron Kangas, go to the post office to do something mundane. And out of the movie theater, close to the post office, emerge four trainees. I think I can guess their feeling. You love me, but not my appearing. <laughs> my appearing is embarrassing. My appearing is awkward. You can say, we love you, we're prepared to love you at 6.55 when we're back for the Monday night meeting. Very good, but I appeared at 3.30. I think the illustration, although theoretical for some of you, helps us to understand. We need to love the Lord's appearing. His coming with all of that entails. Now this present age is the age of grace. It's the age of the church. And according to Revelation 10.7, it is the age of mystery. This means that God's primary work in the present age is mysterious, organic, spiritual, hidden, and invisible. Everything is a mystery. Christ in us is a mystery. The church is the mystery of Christ. Christ and the church are the great mystery. We speak the mystery of the faith. What the Lord is really doing in the present age is mysterious in His divine life. To unbelievers it appears there is no God. And now in the UK, aggressive atheism is rising up. 
Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion. So good for our brother McGrath, who answered with The Dawkins Delusion. Christopher Hitchens, God is Not Great. Philip Pullman, writing an atheist trilogy for young readers. And God who hides himself allows these unbelievers to rail. Because this is the age of mystery, God is working silently, deeply, hiddenly, in the beings of his lovers, to work Christ into them, and thereby to build up an organism called the body of Christ. This organism is the new man. It will express God and represent God. Because this is the age of the church. When the church is built up, the age will end. And in Matthew 28.20, we have this expression, the consummation of the age. And I wrote down something that's an utterance in Brother Lee's book on the prophecy of the four sevens. Very enlightening. On the word consummation. There is a process that will be brought to completion and fulfillment. There is a process in God's economy that is mysterious, that is organic, that is hidden, that is spiritual. It will be brought to completion and fulfillment. When that happens, in the eyes of God, there will be the consummation of the age. During the whole age of the church, a process has been going on. The enemy has tried to frustrate it, but nevertheless, the process is the growth of Christ as the seed of the kingdom in our being. To form Christ in us. To build up the corporate Christ. The world doesn't know this process is going on. Religion doesn't know this process is going on. But by the Lord's mercy, we are somewhat enlightened to recognize we're in a process. This is the essence of our Christian life. We're in the divine dispensing. We're in the experience of Christ. In the enjoyment of Christ. The growth in life. Christ making his home in our hearts. They're all invisible. The churches as assemblies are visible. They're physical. They're practical. But a process is going on that's mysterious. It's in the divine and mystical realm. It involves the divine and human incorporation to build up the body of Christ. This process will be brought to completion and fulfillment. And then there will be the consummation of the age. The overcomers will be raptured and presented to Christ as the bride. The tribulation will begin on the earth. Antichrist, 
will be manifested. The ten kings in Europe will give their authority to him. Israel will be subject to great tribulation. Now I insert, this is a, just a thought, I insert. There is no trace in the Bible of a U.S. presence at Armageddon. I somewhat infer from the fact that Israel will make a pact with the leader in Europe who will be Antichrist that the United States will not support the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. And there are signs in the U.S. toward isolationism, toward withdrawal. We'll have to see how this goes. And the U.S. may become an impregnable fortress, counterbalanced by the power in Europe and other powers, it will be the wilderness where the persecuted ones will find refuge. But the world situation will be focused on Europe. The prophecy is focused on Europe. And the crucial events of the last three and a half years will involve Europe. And eventually of the Lord that loves his bride very much, he realizes, I need an army. And I need a stone. And I need a mountain. Actually, the Lord will need persons who presently are acquiring the experiences they need to be the body, the bride, the army, the stone, and the mountain. When the Lord has these persons in his recovery living in the reality of the body of Christ the age will end. Then in quick succession there will be the bride for Christ's satisfaction. Three and a half years later the bride will be the army to fight against the enemy than the stone to smash human government and the mountain to rule over the whole earth as the kingdom. This is the view from the heavens. This is the view not centered on your human need, on your problems, on your aspirations, on your hopes for the future. This is the view from the word of God. This is a Godward view of our present situation. We were born sovereignly toward the end of the age of grace, the age of the church, the age of the mystery. By His sovereign mercy, we were saved. By His mercy, we were brought into the church life. By His mercy, we have been preserved in His recovery to this present hour. Amen. And we need to know, in this particular space-time context, what the Lord wants to accomplish with us. What He needs us to be and to do. And we know from the last years of Brother Lee's ministry, the emphasis is in our reaching the high peak of the divine revelation 
to be the reality of the body of Christ. Amen. We'll see as the messages unfold, although time is limited. When we are in the reality of the body, we will have the love of the bride, the warrior skill of the army, the weight of the stone, and the reigning in life of the mountain. This is an all-inclusive reality. The Lord is determined in His ministry to produce such a thing in the churches among those saints that are open. Eventually, actually, He'll not get through with the churches as such. He will get through with the overcomers in the churches for whom He is calling and whom He is producing in His present ministry. So I hope that you have some impression. I realize this is lacking. You have some impression that God has an eternal economy to dispense Himself into us to produce a corporate expression. In this age, the Lord must build up the body of Christ. When the body of Christ is built up, there will be the consummation of the age involving the bride, the army, the stone, and the mountain. So we need to be gaining much experience of the triune God in Christ as the Spirit every day of our lives to be in this five-fold matter. We need the experience of life to be the body, to know the principles of the body, to live in the blending life and the mutuality of the body. We need the love of the bride. We need to consider with some depth what does it mean to love the Lord with the first love? What does it mean to have a bridal love for the Lord? Then we need to be the army. This means we must have some skill in fighting. There's not going to be a crash course at the wedding feast for those who've never seen war. Actually, one of the Lord's requirements in a bride is that she is skillful in fighting. I've been married for more than four decades. I don't have to face this issue. But if I were getting married again, I know the sister has a list. I've got a list. One of the items might surprise you. Are you prepared for war? <laughs> Not against me, but with me. You're marrying a warrior. Are you going to be a warrior or a warrior? And then the stone. We can't remain marshmallows without any weight, a kind of saccharine taste, but no weight. We need to have the element of God permeate our being so that we're solid living stones. Then that stone is going to be a mountain. That's a kingdom. And we'll be reigning there. Well, in order to reign, you have to be under the Lord's rule in life. So actually, 
These five matters, body, bride, army, stone, mountain, since they all refer to the same persons, open up dimensions of life experience that we need the rest of our life to pursue. And the Lord will bring us through all manner of things to know the body, to be in the body, to live in the body. And to be the bride. All the brothers. I, I think, I'm a man, I know the brothers. One thing we're thankful for, that God in His wisdom and sovereignty made us men. We are so glad to be men, we don't have the words to explain how much we appreciate God's wisdom and not making us women. That's male pride, but we've got to learn to be female. He's the man. This is for real. He's the, He's the bridegroom, we're the bride. So we need help not to be feminine, but to be the female recognizing the man, the husband, is the Lord Jesus, and we're the bride. Then some of us have to go to the point of fighting. The enemy is, has been able to get by with so many things because so many saints don't know how to fight. So how are we going to be an army then if we're not an army now. Then the Lord will bring us into experiences where we gain weight. The whole culture in the U.S. wants to lose weight. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. I don't know how many are losing. I'm here to tell you, you have to gain weight. You have to gain the weight of God in your being. And we'll talk about this. It is so simple to do. And eventually to be the mountain. I hope you have some understanding of this now. This is the economy of God, the body of Christ, and the consummation of the age. When you bring in the thought of consummation, matters get intense. This is time sensitive. We should not live under the illusion that we manage time, that we can control how much time we have, that we can decide what will be the time. If there's anything we've learned in the last 10 or 11 months where saint after saint has been taken, is that time is not in our hands. The Lord gives us one day at a time. We need to learn to live in the present one day at a time and to contact the Lord earnestly and to open to Him absolutely and tell Him, I consecrate this day to you. I love you. I give myself to you today. Whatever is in your heart for me today, work yourself into me that you may carry out your economy. Amen. I am here for this. Maybe if you had been born in the 16th century and were fighting for the truth of justification, the Lord would not be speaking to you about the consummation of the age, which he knew was at least 500 years away. That would be something artificial. 
But this is not artificial now. The world situation can change overnight. The Lord can reconfigure the geopolitical situation in an instant. Many of us are still amazed what happened to the Soviet Union. How did that thing dissolve? Where did it go? What caused it to happen? The Lord can easily arrange a situation in Israel. Okay, some naughty nations that are opposed of Israel, they send their rockets. It goes off course. It blows up the mosque. Things like that can happen. Many of us were young in 1967 when Jerusalem was returned seven what six day war so while sorry the believers in US are preparing to be left behind because they want to spend their time reading the left behind books we need to concentrate on the mystery part not on who's the beast Will France be among the ten? France, sorry. Will France, i got to remember where I am, not France. France be among the ten toes or not? I don't know, I won't argue with you. It looks like Gaul to me, and Caesar was in Gaul, but let's leave that to the Lord. We need to be intensely focused on the mystery of God's economy in a personal and experiential way, day by day, Without, without panicking. Panic is not going to help you. But to be enlightened by the prophetic word. Didn't Peter say that? The prophetic word is a lamp shining in a murky place. We should be enlightened until the day dawns and the day star rises in our hearts. So, that's what's in me. I hope you have some sense in your being what's in me for this conference. And although I've spoken in other places about aspects of this, this will be the fullest and most intense presentation because this is Europe. And I'm here to be with you for this. And before those prophetic events are fulfilled, the Lord must be able to build up something in Europe for himself. He must have golden lampstands. He must have the reality of the body in Greece. If the Antichrist is going to come from Greece, there must be a church in Athens. There must be a church in Thessaloniki. There must be a church in other places as a golden lampstand to say, we got here first. The Lord did not concede this part of the earth to the enemy. He brought the gospel of the kingdom here. He built up his testimony here. He produced overcomers here. Okay, now for about 15 minutes I can go through this outline with you. I want to manage my speaking so that in every meeting you have a chance to respond. So I don't want to occupy uh, all the time I'm proceeding on the basis that we started 10 minutes late. If we go 10 minutes past 11, I think we can survive on a 20-minute break. But if we need 25, then we'll go 5 past 1. How about that? You got the flexibility? In the body, there's this kind of flexibility. Okay. 
peak, the body, the highest peak in God's economy is the reality of the body of Christ. What a statement! Who can make such a statement? You may say, well you did. No, I didn't. I'm not the source of this. We're enlightened from Brother Lee's final ministry. This is the highest peak in God's economy. The reality of the body of Christ. God's aim in his economy is for us, his chosen and redeemed people, to have his life and nature inwardly and his image and likeness outwardly. This is what the Lord intends. So B says God is working himself into us to make us the same as he is in life and nature but not in the Godhead. Is there any part of your body that you consider not you? If someone were to accidentally step on your toe, would you say, please remove your foot from that metatarsal there on the floor? You know, when we inept husbands are trying to warm up our wives when they're not so happy. We might tenderly touch them on the shoulder. My, my wife never said, don't touch that scapula. Don't, don't touch that shoulder. Don't touch me, okay? Me. Every part of you is you. Amen. Where am I going with this? Every part of the body of Christ is Christ. And Christ is God, and of course man. So to be the body, we have to be God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. We have to be Christ. If you're just good, if you're just in your culture, if you just become sinless as Wesley purportedly taught, Excellent. But you're outside the body. And Satan trembles at the body. Not at perfect persons. Satan trembles at the body. Not at spiritual individuals. The body is Christ. Every part of the body has to be the same as he is. Eventually, we will become a corporate entity. The body of Christ to be one with Him and to live Him for His corporate expression. And then D is priceless because it defines the reality of the body of Christ for us. The reality of the body of Christ is the corporate Christ-magnifying God-man living. This reality will close this age, the age of the church, and will bring Christ back for him to take, possess, and rule over this earth in the kingdom age. There it is. That's the burden of the conference right here. This reality will close this age. This reality will bring Christ back 
when he comes, he will take, possess, and rule over this earth in the kingdom. So just to be sure you're getting it. I don't say that condescendingly. I say that out of the desire that we would just be clear. Let's go backwards. Let's trace it backwards. The mountain is the kingdom. In order for the Lord to have the mountain, he must have the stone. Before he has the stone, he must have the army. Before the army, he will have the bride. Before he can have the bride, he must have the body. Where do you think the enemy will attack? If he can prevent the building up of the body of Christ, the other four matters will not be fulfilled. Because the crucial thing in this age is the reality of the body, the building up of the body in the local churches. And the last two turmoils in the Lord's recovery were aimed exactly at this. Attacking the body, now attacking the blending brothers representing the body, attacking the ministry that produces the body, and exalting local assemblies without the consciousness of the body. This happened in 1988. Co-workers, leading brothers, prominent brothers in the recovery, never reached the point of knowing the body, of living in the reality of the body, of being the body. Then when the ministry turned to the God-ordained way, the brothers couldn't make the turn. Then the enemy used brothers from within the recovery to attack the recovery in its present move. Now we're facing the same thing. And sorry, some brothers are soft. They're soft. Oh, this brother helped me so much and he wrote these good hymns on loving the Lord. All those that left once helped us in the past. No one's denying that. Where will you stand with your personal feeling toward a person or with the body speaking through its representatives and with that speaking echoed by churches all over the earth? This is where the battle is. The enemy will allow millions of people to be saved. He'd rather they perish with him, but he'll let them be saved because he is not threatened. And actually, even he will allow thousands of local churches to be raised up as long as they're just assemblies, like the brethren. As long as they're just congregations being scriptural in the way of letter and being autonomous. What he hates and what he fears is the body of Christ as an organism actually being formed by nondescript, ordinary, non-heroic saints living a God-man life in their human life in the local churches. 
This is exactly the Lord's burden in his recovery. We've been trumpeting this since Brother Lee was taken to be with the Lord. And while we have breath, we will speak it. And when we breathe our last, you keep speaking. The Lord must build up his body in reality in his recovery in this present age. Otherwise, the bride is not prepared. If there's no bride, there's no army. If no army, no stone. If no stone, no mountain. No mountain, no kingdom. You read Revelation 12, when the man-child is raptured, and the devil and his armies are cast down, the devil and his angels will be on the earth. You want to live on the earth in Southern California then? And how many evil angels are on the earth with the devil who embodies himself in a European leader? Who is more charismatic than Bill Clinton and John Kennedy combined? Who will be miraculously resuscitated? You want to be there? No way! The enemy dreads this. He fears this process of being cast down to the earth then being cast into the abyss and being cast into the lake of fire. But due to some recent combat with him in the body, I am freshly happy that there's a lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Lake of fire for you, New Jerusalem for us. And we have to realize as the consummation of the age approaches, the enemy will not be inactive. He will be angry. He will be intensified. He will be desperate. And so we need to be to match that situation by being truly in the stage of intensification. Now I can mention it. I thought of mentioning it in the beginning. This conference is intense. This is spiritually intense. I hope you're not in Dublin on holiday because I'm here to wreck your holiday with seven spirits, seven eyes, and seven lamps. There is a spiritual intensity behind this word. We need to know the Lord in His present ministry in the stage of intensification. We need to know Him as the sevenfold intensified spirit As such a one, he produces overcomers. As such a one, he builds up the body to conquer the degradation of the church and consummates the new Jerusalem. So, young ones, I'm not sorry to tell you this. This is your life. You were born into this age. Go to school, be a good student, play football for fun. Be on the computer a little bit. Expect to get married. Expect to have a family. But in your inner being, you need to realize the time in which you're living. The Lord is not going to say, oh, oh, sorry, you got engaged. You got engaged and the end of the age is going to come so you can get married. Oh, I'll just have to postpone everything. I'll press the pause button for the whole cosmos so that you can go on your honeymoon. You can go to Maui, okay? There has to be some really radical 
persons on the earth that are not, not radical in a psychological sense, but spiritually radical in this sense, they are living for the consummation of this process in God's economy in the present age and they want the Lord to come back. Amen. They not only love Him, they love His appearing. Only the Lord's dispensing of Himself into us in His economy can make us this. So I'm not going to exhort you, love the Lord more, love His appearing more. That's ethics. I just would encourage you, enjoy the Lord more. Read the Word more. Oh, receive His dispensing more. His dispensing will produce what He needs. Okay, let me finish the reading so I'm true to my word to give you some time to respond. If you want to. I hope you want to. The body of Christ is the intrinsic significance of the church. The church of God is the frame. The body of Christ is the organism. The body of Christ is expressed as local churches. We don't want to just be in the church without knowing what we really are as the church. Three says the body of Christ is a divine constitution of the triune God with the believers in Christ. So we need to get constituted. You ever pray about this? It really helps. To pray about it. Lord, you, you want the body to be a constitution? Work yourself into me today. Build yourself into my being today. Constitute me with yourself. This makes a difference. Of the triune God with the believers in Christ. We're having this series again. It will continue for two more terms. Including this one. On Wednesday night, the believers. The Lord gave us a very released even transcendent meeting Wednesday night. We're believers. God's economy is in faith. We exercise our God-given faith. We believe in one whom we've never seen. We love one whom we've never seen. We open our being to one whom we've never seen. And we pray, Lord, dispense yourself into me. Constitute yourself into me for the body. Not just for me to be spiritual, but for you to have the body. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit and man are blended and built together to become the body of Christ. The body of Christ is an organism, both divine and human, to express Christ. The paradox is, the more you become divine, the more human you will become. Amen. It's lovely. Amen. Four, the genuine oneness of the body of Christ is a crucial point of the Lord's recovery in this consummating age. The body of Christ being organic is undivided and indivisible as Christ is. But one dissenter, he tried to say, the Bible doesn't mention the oneness of the body. That's true. The Bible doesn't specifically mention the triune God either, or the God-man either. But the Bible says one body so doesn't the one body have a property called the oneness of the body, which is the oneness of the spirit? You see the subtlety in different teaching. 
to put a question in your mind and to question the ministry and to question the brothers when we speak about the oneness of the body so we're not ignorant of his devices so we will speak all the more day and night non-stop until you're ready to faint the oneness of the body of Christ this is a crucial point in the Lord's recovery that's why if we're in this I don't feel any difference of being in Dublin this weekend from being in Lima last weekend from being in Moscow last month or to any other place because we're the same Michael Stewart is, is Irish I suppose I, I'm a Fenno-American, I suppose, but actually we're both the same. Amen. We're just Christ in life and nature. You touch that, it's beautiful. We're not tolerating one another. We're not bearing one another in a natural way. We touch the oneness in one another's being. We touch the reality of the body of Christ. The oneness of the body, in reality, is the oneness of the one spirit as the essence of the Lord, as the element, and of the Father as the source. All the local churches need to be kept in the oneness of the body of Christ. Amen. So I heard recently of a brother in a certain church, oh, he's going to be neutral. I'm neutral about the quarantine. I'm going to be neutral. How can we say that brother's not in the body? He, he helped me so much. That's more than just a personal decision. You may affect your church to be out of the oneness of the body. That's serious. That touches God's administration. The leading one should take the lead Amen. as they do in the UK and Ireland to keep the church in the oneness of the body of Christ. Amen. We need to be diligent to keep the oneness of the spirit as the reality of the body of Christ with the transformed human virtues, strengthened by uh, and with the divine attributes so that the Lord will have a way to accomplish His divine purpose according to His divine economy. In order to live in the reality of the body of Christ, we need to experience Christ in His humanity as our lowliness and meekness. It's not a natural meekness. You know, you're just afraid to fight. So you opt for meekness. Because you just don't, you back away from confrontations. No, it's not natural. It's Christ himself as lowliness and meekness. In order to live in the reality of the body of Christ, we need to experience Christ in his humanity as our long-suffering with joy. Some of us may have long suffering, but no joy. And bearing one another in love, not just bearing one another, but in love. I have a minute or so. I just give this little testimony. It's a, a real little thing. I was going through security at the Santa Ana airport Thursday morning. And there is a man in front of me who was traveling alone with an infant in a stroller. And he was having a hard time getting ready to go through the electronic screening device. And first he asked me, 
if I would help him collapse the stroller, which I did. Then he was trying to hold the baby, and then he's trying to get the stroller on the conveyor belt. So he asked me, would you hold the baby? <laughs> and I was so happy to hold the baby and to bless the little one and to speak to him and say, you're cute, I, I like you. <laughs> and uh, th then we got through and I'm behind him on the other side and he, now he needs help to uh, expand the stroller and then he asked the female TSA person, you know, will you hold the baby? She said, I'm not holding the baby. There's quite a difference. I do believe that without intending to, there was something of the humanity of Jesus there. Uh, and I, I boarded the plane before him and then it, I saw him come with the child and I just said to him, Congratulations on making it onto the airplane. <laughs> and he said, thanks again. It's rather unusual for a man in his 20s to be traveling alone with an infant. Well, I consider this a little experience Amen. of the humanity of Jesus. You know, maybe never again will I be asked to hold a baby when I'm in the screening line at an airport. This is what it's going to look like. The, the divine reality is lived out with lowliness, meekness, long-suffering with joy, and bearing one another in love. Now the last point I just read. John 6.57 reveals how the reality that is in Jesus, the God-man living of Jesus, can become the reality of the body of Christ, the corporate God-man living of the new man, as the duplication of the God-man living of Jesus. In other words, there's a reality that's in Jesus. Now, the reality in Jesus, when it becomes the reality in us, is the reality of the body of Christ. John 6, 57a says, As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father. This is the reality that is in Jesus, the God-man living of Jesus. John 6, 57b says, So he who eats me, he also shall live because of me, this is the reality of the body of Christ, the corporate God-man living of the many members of the body of Christ who are learning Christ, living because of Christ, as the reality is in Jesus. So it comes down to something very simple. The reality is in Jesus. God's economy is to reproduce the reality in Jesus in us to make it a corporate reality, the reality of the body of Christ. So, how do we do this? We eat Jesus. Amen. How can we have such oneness, be divine and shining too? Amen. 
Hallelujah. Eating Jesus is the way. But it makes a difference in your view when you eat Jesus. If it's just to satisfy your personal hunger, you'll have one dimension of reality. But if you see, Lord, I eat you so that you may have the reality of the body of Christ, which reality will be the bride, the army, the stone, and the mountain. It will be altogether different. You spend the same amount of time in the same Holy Word for Morning Revival verses and readings, but your view is, Lord, I'm coming to you for the sake of God's economy to have the body to consummate the age. Well, could we take about 12 minutes? If anyone has the leading to share something. Do you have some feeling? Huh? I, I, I don't know. I think you do. So You do now. Anyway. <laughs> well, I will, I will say a little something. Uh, I was very touched by this message. Uh, two aspects, really. Uh, one is we, we very much like to focus on the aspect of being the bride of Christ. Uh, and in a way, we see that as the, uh, kind of the epitome of our Christian life is to become the bride. Because, you know, the bridal, uh, the bridal time is a very sweet, very living time, very joyful time. But I was impressed today that uh, from that point, we become the army. And this is a whole other aspect. And in a way, we, you know, you have to thought, well, that isn't nearly as enjoyable as being the bride. Uh, but it's essential for God to have an army so that he can gain what he is after, which is all of his believers to become the corporate stone that smashes the enemy, that smashes human government, that consummates the mountain which fills the whole earth. And every aspect that our brother brought out, the body, the bride, the army, the stone, and the mountain, are all corporate, which means that everything that the Lord is doing is absolutely dependent upon us. And I was struck with the, with the, uh, with the word uh, being diligent. Being diligent to me implies that we can't be passive. There is an aspect to the gaining of Christ that is very active. And it's, it is, uh, even becomes our responsibility if we see what Brother Ron was talking about, we have the absolute responsibility and in a way the obligation to be diligent, to seek Him, and to be one in spirit with all of His believers. To keep what? The oneness of the spirit. The oneness of the spirit is the oneness of the body. So uh, I just thought that I had a, got a very expanded view of, of the place of the body of Christ in the consummation of everything that the Lord is doing. And that, uh, you know, I bear, personally, I bear a responsibility to the body of Christ to be constituted with Him. You know, you know what the weapons of the army are? The weapons of the army are the truth. The truth is what will slay His enemy. It, it's, it's very, uh, it, uh, I don't have time, but I can tell you, that the truth is what slays the enemy. There is no valid opposition to truth. 
And when we are constituted with the truth, through being constituted by this ministry, the enemy has no way. The enemy has no way to touch us. And he has no counter weapon against the truth. I'm impressed with uh, three items today. The first item is that we need to wake up to realize the time in which we are living. This is not an ordinary time. And we need to wake up to the fact that this is very close to the consummation of the age. The second point I'm impressed with is the matter of our view. If our view is just for ourselves, that uh, we want to be constituted, we want to be waiting, we want to be this, we want to be that. Oh, Lord Jesus, we have missed the point. Our view needs to be that we are for the Lord gaining His purpose. And then finally, I'm really glad this word is being released in Europe. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Europe. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I'm glad I'm here Amen. to hear this word being released in Europe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, maybe you could, uh, if you want to speak, maybe you could stand up and we'll pass the microphone up. Maybe 45 seconds each. Uh, and we'll just pass the mics. Uh, I just thought I really enjoyed this opening word on the matter of the economy of God, the body of Christ, and the consummation of the age. I think most of us are familiar with the term, the economy of God, God's eternal purpose, His plan to dispense Himself into us to produce His body, the body of Christ. But I really appreciate uh, seeing these kind of five aspects or five items related to the body of Christ. We have the body, we have the bride, we have the army, the stone, and the mountain. And so even as we uh, open to the Lord every day, as we enjoy the Lord every day, it's so helpful to have these views, this view of the body of Christ. Not only is it something corporate, but it's something uh, that must have, we must give the Lord our first love, our best love as the bride. Also we need to develop the warrior skills in this age to fight against the enemy uh, for and with the Lord to end this age. Then also we need the element of God, the weight, the stone, uh, the element of God in our being. And eventually we also need the ones who are reigning in life. Right? Uh, there's so many items in our daily life that are just not under the reign of God. We are not reigning in life. But this is where we need to be brought by the Lord as we daily enjoy and we will be once uh, reigning in life to become the mountain of God. And again, just this corporate view of this whole matter. The body of Christ, the corporate uh, bride, the corporate warrior, the stone, and the mountain. Praise the Lord.
through not only love the Lord in a general way, but through love the Lord for caring. And I just am so impressed that when the Lord gains a group of people who really are living for the Lord to return, living for His coming, our eating of Jesus will be different. Our, our time with the Lord will be different. Our spending the time in the meetings will be different. Um, but this is a very time-sensitive matter. Um, it, it's coming to a close, and as it's coming to a close, Satan is intensifying, the Lord is intensifying, but he needs people who will be intensified with him. And I just pray by Lord's mercy we will be kept under this governing vision, kept under this uh, view, so that um, in our pursuing we have this view in mind. Because of time, so we will stop with this language to maybe the sisters and the brothers too, to go ahead. Now, as our brother says, that his speaking is going to be intensified, and our receiving also need to be intensified. You know, even though this is not a training, this is a conference. But when I sat there and listened to to our brother speaking, I just realized that we all need to be, our whole being need to be open to this speaking. Even though the numbers might not be that big. But that is the number of the overcomers. He only will be a remnant. And today is a blessing that there is such a speaking for the Lord's return here in Europe. We are not just in Ireland. We are in Europe. And it's a blessing to be under this kind of speaking. So we need to be, you know, entire being need to open to this speaking. And I pray that the saints, maybe when you are on your break, or what you are doing, you should memorize the subject, the general subject, the economy of God, the body of Christ, and the consummation of the age. Amen. Maybe just speak to one another about the, the five messages, the title, right? From the body of Christ to the mountain, from the mountain to the body of Christ. In that way, it will prepare us more for His, for his coming. Okay, we will break for, uh, we will break now, uh, have a break now. 
we come back at 11.35. 11.35, okay? And uh, on your way out, you can, you can get us a drink uh, together with the, with the apples it's in the sack, uh, paper sack. So you can collect one for your, uh, each one of you can collect one. But we come back on time at 11.35. Okay.